This is Adam Gorney with the Respect My Decision podcast. This week's guest, very special one, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. And a lot to talk about, especially now that Hugh Freeze has been hired as coach. First, just general impressions. Was was it always headed this way? Was it not? I mean, you're you're on the ground there. Give me a sense of how this kind of played out to get to Hugh Freeze. I, I think it was Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze from the very start. You know, now that it's over, Auburn insists that Hugh Freeze was the only guy they offered and was the top guy. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think those two were 1A and 1B from the start. And, um, you know, I think Auburn uh, made a move for, for late on Friday. I think he made the decision to stay at Ole Miss for whatever reasons. I don't I don't know, Lane. Um, and then I think Auburn quickly moved to Hugh Freeze, and I think that's how it sort of went down. I think Auburn was pay, uh, willing to pay – uh, laying around $10 million per year. And uh, the contract for you is six and a half uh, for six years, 75% guaranteed. How much – and when there are coaching changes, and everyone who follows this knows it, I mean, there are just rumors endlessly. I mean, it's just endless rumors and this yeah. and that. How much do you believe that there was some significant pushback from donors on Hugh Freeze, moral clauses, all those kinds of things? Oh, I think there was. I think that's a, there's that's the reason that it took until uh, Monday um, afternoon to to finalize this deal, right? I think um, I think Auburn was pre- prepared to do it on you know Saturday night or Sunday, but I think they had to uh, take some more steps uh, once they got that blowback, which they honestly should have been ready for, right? Yeah, and I don't think they've done a great job addressing it, but it is what it is, you know. Um, I think from Auburn's perspective. Uh, they see you freeze as a guy who has the potential to recruit on a high enough level and coach an offense on a high enough level to get Auburn back to competing with Alabama and Georgia, which Auburn is not doing on a regular basis, not even close to doing on a regular basis right now. Yeah. Um, which not necessarily concerns me or, or you, but for, for Hugh freeze and the job that he has to do there. And, and I'm not comparing this to Brian Harson at all because it's a completely different situation. But stepping into a situation where maybe some big money people there, again, aren't super thrilled and I'm not saying coup coming after year one, but does he need to win early or does this just become another Auburn situation, which we all know and love? I would say his support is uh, stronger within the big money people. I think uh, there may be one or two that are reluctant to go in this direction, but I think the majority of them right now support him. I think uh, most of the blowback is coming from uh, the general fan base uh, and, and they deserve to have their say, in, in my opinion. But I think you look at the month of December in college football right now, and, and especially for Auburn, it's such a crucial time. You've got uh, the transport opening December 5th. You've got early signing period December 21st. Auburn's at 13 commitments. I think they'll take about 10 more. Yeah. And I think they've got the chance to really make some big splashes. And I'm not just saying that they have lined things up for guys like Ruben Bain, potentially Quay Rousseau or James Smith for Montgomery, potentially some big flips from the Langston Hughes kids or uh, from some others out there. So this is a real possibility, in my opinion. I'm, I've been around the block a few times um, and I, I wouldn't have believed it two weeks ago, but I'm, I'm believing it now. This is the NIL, NIL era and things change. Um, the other thing uh, I think um, – it is the portal. You know, Auburn has got to, you look at the roster in 2023 as it's set up right now, it's as bad as I've seen it in my 22 years covering Auburn. So 
uh, they've got to they've got to get starters and backups, especially on the offensive and defensive lines, to come in and help right away. Yeah, and that's where, and this is part of a larger conversation, but where uh, the portal can completely transform a recruiting class from day one. Hugh Freeze yep. does not have to bring in twenty five high school guys and develop them over the next three years. I think we saw that you know most at USC this year. They went from a, a middling team that hadn't won the Pac twelve in a decade, uh, and now you know they bring in Oklahoma's wide receiver and quarterback, he's going to probably win the Heisman Trophy. They bring in Oregon's running back. They bring in, you know, guys all across the, the the landscape. And I think Auburn is going to be one of those destinations. So the portal is going to be super important for Hugh Freeze and his staff to leverage it. But also, like you said, high school recruiting. Ruben Bain's brother coaches at Miami, but the word is he's probably leaning toward Auburn right now. He's going to take a visit to Bama, but that's going to be one. Uh, James Smith and Quay Rousseau, definitely interesting kids. Uh, probably leaning Bama right now, but let's see what Hugh Freeze can kind of right. do, what the, NIL, what the NIL people can do. Tony Mitchell is a kid that continues to visit. Yeah, that's another uh, one, know. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th I think he's a big flip candidate, another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bo Hughley, another one that I had actually just forgotten to mention um, in my story the other day, but definitely a kid um, You know that that's looking with Terrence Love now kind of locked into Auburn. So all of those things are really important, and for some weird reason, this brings me back to Lane because, you know, you hear all of these rumors. And again, you don't know if they're true. But here's what I hear about Lane. He doesn't love living in the South. He doesn't love necessarily coaching there and, and has looked coming back West. Um, you know, I've heard that he would be even open to taking less money for a job back West if something were to open. I don't know. Um, then I had heard that he's interested in the Panthers job, the Arizona Cardinals job might open. So you might be sitting in a situation with, you know, for, for the lane faction of, he might be using that to catapult himself to another job. So yeah. you, you, for, for Hugh Freeze, for, you know, we, and we don't need to necessarily get into it, but this is sort of a revitalization project for him, for, for what he's done for the mistakes that he's made. And and what I've really appreciated, and you could speak to this too, is that he hasn't hid from those. I mean, John Cohen talked about them basically in his in his opening monologue, and then Hugh has not hid from it. Look, he said, look, I've made mistakes. I've learned from them. These are the steps I've taken to become a better person. Now, sure, maybe you should be like Ronald Reagan and you trust the verify sort of situation here, but it's also like, you know, he made a mistake. He's made mistakes in his life. Okay, fine. Does that mean he should be, you know, sent to liberty for the rest of his life or right. give him a second chance? So right. I think like I think he, I think he's done it. I think he's done it really well from a PR perspective to say, look, I screwed up. Here's my second chance, and I'll prove you, I'll prove you right. You know, he did. And the quick difference, I think, for Auburn and Lane and you is for you, this is a destination job. Yeah. He is here as long as he's winning and not, you know, messing up off the field. For Lane, there was always going to be every year after the season, you know, is he going to stay? You know, will he yeah. return? What's you know, That was going to happen every year. And that, that's not going to happen with you, I don't think. I don't, I don't believe. Um, and I, I do believe in second chances. I think most of us all do. And, um, you know, this is you second chance. And I think he is so motivated to get it right this time. I'd be very surprised if he does anything you know, quite as dumb as DM and somebody, uh, right. That's, a right. suing the university, uh, for mishandling sexual assault uh, cases. Right. That's just not, not a smart thing to do. Right. So, right. So I, I just, uh, I just don't think he's going to do that, but we'll see, uh, you know, 
I, I can't I can't look inside his mind. I, I don't know. I don't know what's what he's going to do. But I think for the start, he's going to go out there and recruit and try to build Auburn's program back up from a talent perspective. Yeah, there is a social media clause. Kind of kind of speak to that and what that means. I mean, coaches DM and text constantly with kids. Yeah. They're always on the phone. What limitations does this offer him, if any? Is it more of just like, yeah, Hugh can't use his phone, but Hugh's going to use his phone? <laughs> well, there was a report saying that Auburn had um, taken over his social media accounts. That was part of it, and that was uh, denied by um, you and, and Auburn officials. So it's, I don't think that's 100% correct there. But then again, his daughter has been um, – uh, who is his personal assistant? I think she's actually really talented, uh, has been um, doing his social media of recent weeks. And I think they're going to have some sort of system there where they're not going to give him that chance to to hit that send button, right? And, and to make that fatal error. So yeah, he's got to be active. Auburn's got to be active on social media. That's that's a key part of recruiting in this century or, or in this you know decade. And um, uh, so they'll have to find a balance there. I really wish my wife would take my phone on Saturdays. You, know, you have a few pops, you're watching games, you, yep. you think this tweet should be sent, and then you're just yes. not so sure <laughs> that yeah. on Sunday morning when you're setting your fantasy football team, you look back and you're, you're wondering what you were thinking. The importance of keeping Cadillac Williams um, super smart, right, for him to from, – from immediately, not just, okay, we're going to interview, we're going to bring in our own staff – this was something that needed to be done, and, and he felt that – not only does he deserve it, but he felt that – it. He couldn't play games there, right? Yeah, vitally important. And I told Cadillac this yesterday when I saw him at the press conference. Been doing this 22 years. The four weeks that he spent as interim coach was one of the best four weeks of my entire career covering Auburn. That's yeah. how special it was. Um, I know some fans outside the bubble right, want to make fun of Auburn, but no, I'm telling you, it was special what he did. It really was. Turn this team completely around, uh, galvanize the fan base to have the crowd and the atmosphere they had for that Texas A&M game, game, two, three, and six teams battling it out at Jordan-Hare yeah. Stadium was unbelievable. Never seen anything like it. I doubt I'll see anything like it again. So he deserves a ton of credit, and it was almost a must-have, right? You don't want to say a coach has to hire somebody, but I think you Freeze realized right away that he had to have uh, Cadillac Williams on his staff. Can Hugh build on that, or is that something that was special only to Cadillac <laughs> or keeping him on staff? He can continue to build on this. Because like you said – even at Mississippi State, you saw it. he's waving the towel. He's running up. People are, you know, the team is actually playing mo more motivated football at three and six than they were at any other time, yeah. basically under Brian Harson. Is that something that that can be built upon, or is that a little special moment at the end of a season, or is that Hugh's job to kind of build on that? You know. Well, you joked that uh, Cadillac's going to have to be the one running up and down the side because he can't do that anymore, right? Uh, at the press conference, but I think. Maybe the biggest difference between you, Freeze, and Lane Kiffin, going back to that, is you really has that relatability, I think, uh, when he speaks to people, whether in person or whether through press conference. He's just that Southern guy with the big um, personality type, you know? He's got a yeah. little Bruce Pearl in him. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to connect with people. He's going to connect with his players. He's going to have that ability. Uh, maybe not to the extent that uh, Cadillac did over the last four weeks, but having Cadillac by his side, uh, I, I think it's just big for him. And I do think they can match that in some ways, right? You know, you've still got to have talent to beat Alabama and Georgia yeah. year in and year out. That's going to be what this comes down to. But having a guy like Cadillac right there is going to help him get that talent too. 
other staff, and and this is something that has really interested me um, when when coaching searches come in. Kenny Dillingham gets hired at Arizona State. It looks like he's bringing in a lot of old Arizona hands that can kind of recruit in the state, recruit the West. That's going to be important because Arizona State is and Arizona have really failed recruiting in state guys. Matt Roll takes Nebraska, and it looks like he's basically just you know putting together a lot of those old Carolina Panthers that staff he's going to have you know that feel of like this is an NFL staff come come to Nebraska and and play here i think that's going to be important what does Hugh Freeze need to do staff wise to to really spark interest look you're you're going to recruit against Alabama and Georgia and lose a lot of those but you can win a lot now too if you're if you're winning on the field what does he have to do from a staff perspective to really kind of buck up that interest in guys like James Smith and, and Tony Mitchell and go into South Florida and all those kinds of things? Well, he's got to have a big budget to go outside a big defensive quarter, and that's going to be the first big thing for him. And I think a lot like Gus did with Kevin Steele, he's going to let that defensive corner sort of run that side of the ball. So that'll be really important. Uh, Barry Odom is a guy I heard that Auburn might take a run at. Uh, the Mississippi State defensive coordinator, who I do not know his name off the top Zach of my head. Zach Arnett. Yeah. yeah. As a guy, I think the analytics guys say is really, really good. Yeah. So I think Auburn will will, will at least um, inquire about him. And there'll probably be some others. But that's going to be a big a big uh, money hire for Auburn. And the thing that surprised me, I think, most from his press conference was he said he's probably going to give up his play calling duties wow. and turn more over to an offensive coordinator. So that's going to be a more important hire now because he feels like he's got to spend his time competing against Kirby, competing against Nick, competing against Dabo on the recruiting trail head to head, which is exactly what Auburn needs, right? Auburn's been waiting for that, you know? Um, so I, I think you'll probably see a mix. I, I think he's going to bring one or two guys from Liberty. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, you know, he's already retained Cadillac. I think Zach Etheridge has a really good shot at uh, being retained too as a defensive back coach, secondary coach. And then I think he'll probably reach out to some guys he has relationships with that are at other places and uh, along with maybe trying to uh, get some young up and coming guys that have that great reputation as recruiters, because that is the most important thing for Auburn right now. Last thing, and I tweeted about this and, and you liked it. So I think you're in my, my camp. The, the first time that I see the short side field screen with 15 guys all mixed in, it goes for minus two yards. I don't understand that. And the fade into the back of the end zone are the two plays that on paper look good, but never, ever, no. ever work. And never it happens. Don't. It seems to happen at Auburn more than any other place in the country when I watch football. And it's it's just mind numbing. So hopefully if Hugh Freeze calls plays and he's listening, do not run that play ever. <laughs> It'll turn me against you immediately. And, yeah, I, and it, it just doesn't work. I, I just hate I hate even seeing the play run, you know. I, I'm with you. And and Auburn fans will not forget that Penn State game two years ago where they ran that fade on the on the final chance there to score, and it was just a total, total disaster on that right. play. Yeah. Right. All right, that is Brian Matthews uh, covering Hugh Freeze down at Auburn now. Uh, this is Adam Gorney, and that's my the Respect My Decision podcast. Appreciate it.